Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide from well behind my desk in my bunker in the middle of Georgia. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. I actually, as promised, want to start this hour. We've got a lot of people who wanted to call in. I actually, There's so much stuff beyond oil that I want to get to. But a lot of people want to talk about oil in Ukraine, and I want to get to these phone calls, and then i got to move on. we got the Iran deal. we got polling out there. Uh, Fox News just released big primary polling shows Brian Kemp over the 50% threshold in Georgia, avoiding a runoff with David Perdue if it plays out, other polling out there. And, uh, gosh, we got a ton of stuff. So I'm going to start with phone calls right now. I am, well, let's see. Can I get my mouse over there? Yes, I can. I'm going to start with Mike. You're up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Firstly, uh, my son is also a graduate of Mercer Law, so good law school, and it obviously creates good people out there. Uh, Thank you. The reason I called was uh, to say it's really ironic how we're talking about the environment, and then the first thing we do is discuss outside the country on the most polluting form of transportation that we have right now, which is putting them on ships and going across the ocean and creating significant Yeah, Mike, you're, you're, I'm afraid your phone line's breaking up on me there. I think I, I got your point. Uh, the, the gist of your point, though, yes, uh, we're, we're putting oil on ships that burn diesel or to uh, sail them around the world to deliver oil to the United States when we could just be producing here. That's a very good point. Uh, and my best to your, your graduate of Mercer Law. Uh, sorry about that, though. Your your phone started breaking up. Uh, Bob, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Bob. Bob's having side chatter here, so we're going to put Bob on hold. Yeah, we're, we're going to put Bob on hold there, and we're going to go to Jorge. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, fine. How you doing there, Eric? Great. Thanks for calling in. All right, two points. Maybe you can clarify it. Why is it if uh, McDonald's and all, all the other companies released you know, their employees and giving them pay, isn't it better just to leave them without pay? That's 100,000 people that's going to you know, wreak havoc on the, you know, on the Russian economy. And second, I mean, the only way Putin is going to get out of there if he gets something out of it. So I'm guessing somebody has to be working behind the woodworks there trying to set out a deal to give him something out of it. But, you know, Putin is not going to get out of there. with Right. He's got to save some face because if he just loses the war, he's probably going to get overthrown in Russia. You know, as a matter of fact, there's actually uh, some stuff uh, trickling over the wire service that there is an offer behind the scenes uh, that is being contemplated by the Ukrainians. Essentially, it would require that they hand over completely uh, Crimea and the Donbass region of, of Ukraine to create a right. land bridge uh, from Russia to Crimea for their naval base, recognize it as sovereign Russian territory, and get out of it altogether. And if they did that, they might have peace. Now, Russia is also demanding they stay neutral and never join NATO that, that's or the European Union. That's something, well, they can't do the European <laughs> Union now. They already filed their application for it. Uh, but the, those are the, the solutions at foot. Now, interestingly enough, we've sent Kamala Harris to Poland. Maybe they will have a deal start up there. 
and, and be able to get something out of it. I'm not sure, but uh, they did send Kamala Harris to Poland. Something's going on over there. Now, Bob, I'm coming back to you. You there? Bob. Well, I gave Bob a chance. All right. Let's get into the Iran deal. I know you've all been waiting to discuss the Iran deal, and we got problems. The Iran deal is bad. Members of the Biden administration behind the scenes and the the careerists are leaking about it. You know, the deep state, the careerists within the American bureaucracy You know the Iran deal must be bad when the deep staters who hate Donald Trump are leaking to try to sabotage the Iran deal that Joe Biden is structuring. U.S. intelligence, according to CBS News, shows uh, that Iran has threats on U.S. soil. Listen to this. The U.S. intelligence community has assessed that Iran will threaten Americans both directly and via proxy attacks and that Tehran remains committed to developing networks inside the United States, according to the intelligence community's 2022 annual threat assessment published Tuesday. Now, with the United States on the cusp of a diplomatic accord with Iran over its nuclear program, as well as a potential deal regarding the release of four American prisoners, It is not clear whether the Biden administration can extract any further concessions or convince Tehran to cease its other malign activities, including any on U.S. soil. CBS News has obtained two persistent threat assessments submitted to Congress by the State Department in January 2022, which cited a serious and credible threat on the lives of former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and former Trump administration Iran envoy Brian Hook. These non-public assessments show that throughout 2021 and again in 2022, the State Department assessed the need to provide round-the-clock U.S. taxpayer-funded diplomatic security details to both men. The most recent threat assessment signed by the Deputy Secretary of State for Management and Resources, Brian McKeon, cites a determination made as of July 16, 2021, that Pompeo faces such threats from a foreign power or an agent of a foreign power, McKeon also said he determined on at least three occasions that a specific threat to former envoy Hook required security. The FBI also thwarted an Iranian intelligence network plot to kidnap New York-based journalist Masha Alinejad, and Tehran is threatening U.S. officials, current U.S. officials, which was acknowledged publicly by the intelligence community. Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, sidestepped a question about whether a renewed diplomatic agreement with Iran regarding its nuclear program would also address the threats. In fact, people within the administration say it would do no such thing. Now this from the Washington Free Beacon. Iran, Russia, and China aligned in talks over a revamped nuclear deal to force the United States and Western countries to give up significant concessions that resulted in Tehran getting much more than it could expect, according to Russia's lead negotiator. I am absolutely sincere in this regard. Iran got much more than it could expect, Mikhail 
Ulniav said in a recent interview about the negotiations much more. Realistically speaking, Iran got more than, frankly, I expected, others expected. This is a matter of fact. Details of the agreement have been closely guarded for more than a year, with Republican foreign policy leaders in Congress saying they have been completely cut out of the negotiations. The Biden administration has avoided fully briefing Congress on the deal, and it appears poised to violate a 2015 law mandating that any accord with Iran first must be approved by Congress. Republican leaders also have objected to Russia's position in the talks. Moscow, Moscow, Russia has served as the United States' key interlocutor with Iran, even as it faces international scorn for the invasion with Ukraine. I'm not making this up. This is reported in the news. Russia is helping the United States on its Iran deal. China is helping the United States on its Iran deal. Iran is under no need to give up terrorism on American soil as part of the deal. The intelligence community of the United States has now reported officially to Congress that Iran is trying to assassinate former diplomats of the United States who worked for Donald Trump and that they are trying to build terror cells in the United States and nothing in the agreement that anyone knows of would make them give it up. In fact, Russia and China are helping the United States and are now bragging in Russian media outlets that in uh, that Iran is getting more than it possibly could have expected to get. Tablet Magazine. Let me read you this. Here's the headline. It gives you the gist of it. This isn't Obama's Iran deal. It's much, much worse. Anyone seeking to gauge the imminent outcome of the international talks over Iran's nuclear program being held in Vienna should take a look at reports from late January that three top U.S. diplomats had quit, largely in protest over the direction set by the U.S. Special Envoy for Iran, Robert Mali, who serves as the U.S. government's chief negotiator. Having served for two years in former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's Iran Action Group, I knew that this development was tantamount to a public cry for an intervention. Such resignations, not of conservative dissenters, but of career staff and President Biden's own political appointees should have been cause for Biden or Secretary Anthony Blinken to recall Malley and investigate. Their failure to do so is a sign either of a troubling lack of attention to the talks or else the possibility that Malley, who served in the same capacity under Obama when the first Iran deal, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, was originally negotiated and signed, has been given a free hand to negotiate whatever he wants as long as he gets Iran to sign. Evidence for the latter view can be gleaned from the fact that Blinken has reneged on his pledge that his Iran negotiating team would have a diversity of views. Instead, he has let Mali continue to concede issue after issue in Vienna. Multiple career officials view these capitulations as so detrimental to U.S. national security that they contacted me requesting that I rapidly share details of these concessions with Congress and the public in an effort to stop them. Reports out of Vienna indicate that a deal could occur within the next few days. While some issues are still being ironed out, such as whether the U.S. will grant Russia immunity from any economic sanctions related to Iran, the details that follow have been conveyed to me as finalized. 
The list of concessions that follows is a long, detailed, disturbing, but also somewhat technical. But this much is clear. The deal being negotiated in Vienna is dangerous to U.S. national security, to the stability of the Middle East, and to the Iranian people who will suffer most under the brutal regime. The lack of evidence to justify a removal of U.S. sanctions is illegal, and the deal that will be foisted upon the world without the support of Congress will be illegitimate. This deal will not serve U.S. interests in either the short or long term. In fact, with Robert Malley in the lead, the United States has promised to lift sanctions on some of the regime's worst terrorists and torturers on leading officials who developed Iran's weapons of mass destruction infrastructure and has agreed to lift sanctions on the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps itself. In exchange, Iran will receive fewer limitations than those imposed under the Obama deal, and the restrictions on its nuclear program will expire six years sooner than the terms of the old deal, and that's just the beginning. And it gets worse from there. The Biden administration, with the help of our friends, Russia and China, is about to expand Iran's ability to make weapons of mass destruction, expand the ability of the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard to get funding, remove sanctions on Iran's terror masters, and upend even the bad deal that Barack Obama had in place. China and Russia claim to be helping us but they're propping up Iran. Meanwhile, Iran, according to American intelligence, is plotting terror attacks inside the United States. And nothing in this agreement will require that they cease any of that. This is a worse deal than anyone imagined. And you will notice how little coverage the American media is giving to Biden's capitulation with Iran. Given how badly Afghanistan went, you would think they would pay attention to something like this, but they won't. And there's not going to be a lot that Congress can do to stop it because the Democrats in Congress will block it, thinking that if they if they try not to if they try to stop it, they would be hurting Biden before the midterms. So the Democrats will let it go through. They think a bad deal is worse than no deal. This is deeply detrimental to American national security, and they're going to allow it to go through. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this year program, you're more than welcome to call in. A naval vestal cannot deploy because the captain won't get the COVID vaccine. This is one of the dumbest stories I have ever heard. An ongoing legal, legal, this is the Navy Times, an ongoing legal battle over whether the military can force troops to get vaccinated against COVID-19 has left the Navy with the warship they say they can't deploy because it's commanded by an officer they cannot fire. It's a standoff the brass are calling a manifest national security concern. The issue stems from a lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the Middle District of Florida late last year alleging service members' rights are being infringed upon by the COVID vaccine mandate because their religious beliefs. Judge Stephen Meriday issued an order last month banning the Navy and Marine Corps from taking any disciplinary action against the unnamed Navy warship commander and a Marine Corps lieutenant colonel for refusing the vaccine. In the process, 
The case has raised questions about the lines between military good order and discipline and the legal rights of service members as American citizens. Meredith's injunction is an extraordinary intrusion upon the inner workings of the military and has left the Navy short of warship. Um, you know, they could sail. They could sail. They could allow the guy to do his job. They want to fire him. Why are we firing members of the military at a time where our national security is under threat from Russia? Why are we firing these people? That makes no sense. Y'all, I I wonder someday, well, what what do they do? Do they just get up and and they've got like a a wheel of fortune wheel and and how we're going to screw America today and going to fire the army. That's the ticket. Let's fire the army today. We are run by a bunch of incompetent people. Now, listen. I know, I know that these people think that they're doing what's in the best interest of the country. Spare me the angry phone. No, they're the enemy. They want to destroy us. No, I actually think it's worse than that. I mean, it would be something if they were the enemy and they wanted to destroy it. No, I really think they think they're helping. I think they think they care. So they're doing a deal with Iran to try to make peace on planet Earth. That's not. And they're wanting to fire soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines for not getting a vaccine that the vaccine doesn't protect them from the virus they've already gotten anyway. It just, it's absurd. But they won't be corrected because the media would never correct them. It's just silly. I have asked. I've dug around for the answer. Uh, and I have found the answer. I've been getting the crazy in email. Somebody emailed. Uh, they weren't alone. I got direct messages on Instagram as well from people. Why didn't you ask Marco Rubio about the U.S. bioweapons laboratories in, in Ukraine that the Russians have gotten? Like, what the hell is this? We're running bioweapons labs in Ukraine, and that's what this is all about? Of course it sounds crazy. That's because it is crazy. I've I've, I've got the facts. Chris uh, Pendolfo, who's at the blaze, I, I have this now. Okay, so here's your latest conspiracy theory, folks. Russia is actually the good guy. Putin is actually saving the world from U.S. aggression where we were running secret bioweapons laboratories under Dr. Fauci in Ukraine. This is the latest uh, QAnon sort of conspiracy that's cropping up on the right, trying to make Vladimir Putin the bad guy, actually the hero here. Let me explain the actual facts, because I can assure you, if I'm getting this stuff, I'm on the bleeding edge of nuttery, uh, the bat crap crazy nuttery that comes out on the internet. It's going to come to you. You might as well prepare yourself for it. The United States funds biolabs around the world studying viruses, including we were giving money to the one in Wuhan, where we think the COVID-19 virus came from. Russia is using uh, Americans who hate America and American conspiracy theorists to turn this into something else. The Biden administration is concerned 
that if the Russians bomb, get a hold of, capture, or otherwise use the biolabs that we are funding in Ukraine, that we could have another COVID-19 situation. That's their concern. Russia is twisting the facts, suggesting something nefarious is going on with the labs. It's claiming that they've got the right to go after them and seize them. Uh, it's all part of their strategy to persuade crazy Americans that they're in the right here. Here's what we actually do. Another buddy of mine uh, reached out to me in text message and said, we fund biolabs around the world uh, looking at two things, uh, human viruses and bacteria that could infect us and also agricultural viruses and bacteria. So things that could affect uh, cattle and poultry, things that could affect the wheat and corn crops of the world and things that can affect us. We help local governments where those viruses and bacteria crop up fund bio labs to research them and find cures as opposed to bringing the virus and bacteria to the United States to study. We don't want to do that. We study there. So, for example, in West Africa, there are a number of bio labs funded by the United States that look at uh, Ebola. In Ukraine, Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe and Asia. Ukraine and southern Russia combined sell more wheat to the Middle East than anywhere else in the world, including us. There's going to be a big famine in the Middle East because of this war. You can see it coming. But there are um, mold, mildew, mites, bacteria, viruses, fungus that affect wheat and corn. And Ukraine is also the leading hotbed of um, uh, resistant tuberculosis. So we have biolabs that we help fund in Ukraine that study these things. Naturally, we have a vested interest, particularly given what happened with COVID, to make sure that the Russians do not accidentally uh, expose the world to a mite or a fungus that could destroy wheat crops around the world. We have a really vested interest in the Russians not accidentally releasing into the world a strain of tuberculosis that is resistant to all of our treatments against it. We're very concerned. The Russians know that in the United States right now, there are a bunch of insane people who have Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and that they believe the conspiracy theories. They don't. They, they, they question the media. The media's lied to them about everything, so now they go in search of their own sources, and guess what? Those sources tell them exactly what they believed, and oh my gosh, they must be right. And what these sources tell them is that these are bioweapons labs. Dr. Fauci's researching how to control you further and kill your children. And the Russians are the good guys. They're saving you from all of this. That's what's going on here. It is a bit of Russian propaganda. It's tapped into the QAnon strains in the United States and all the crazy people who really think that our government, Donald Trump's government up until last year, were funding bioweapons laboratory research in order to kill Americans and the world. Crazy people will not be placated. You can spare me your emails. I know you'll still email, but you're an insane person. And I now I've exposed the conspiracy theories and we can move on. And I've dedicated it to film so Philip can put it on social media and everyone can laugh at you people for hating your own country. Now, shall we move on to other things? I think we should. In Knox County, Tennessee, a federal judge 
has ordered a vaccine mask mandate. Knox County federal judge. I'm Googling now because my machine crashed. Here we go. Yes. Already, it turns up as a Google term. This is important. So, the governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee, who's a fantastic guy. I know him. He's a super guy. He got rid of the mask mandate. You should know the CDC has altered the mask mandate. Around the country, there is a mask mandate collapse. But a single federal judge, Ronnie Greer, in Knox County, Tennessee, in Knoxville, Tennessee, has issued a stay on a lawsuit. And he wants mediation. The judge issued an injunction that Knox County schools must enforce their mask mandate. The school system responded to Governor Bill Lee's executive order getting rid of mask mandates in schools, and they dropped the mask mandate. A single child who remains anonymous and their parents sued, claiming it put them in jeopardy. And so this single judge ordered 60-some-odd-thousand kids back into masks. Now, I'm I'm curious because I, I suspect, I know, um, the yep, 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 this judge was appointed. Oh, look, no, wow. He's a Bush appointee. That's, I assumed he would be an Obama appointee. Nope, he's a Bush appointee. Oh, well, he was a special assistant to Lamar Alexander. That explains everything. But yeah, this guy has has put everybody back in masks. And now he's postponed and and frozen the lawsuit and says they need to find, uh, they want 60 days to intermediation to figure out what they're going to do. You know, all right. I, I gotta I gotta get into this one with you guys. Cause I, I got a bone to pick with some people here. If an employer wants its employees to wear masks, that's the employer's right. And the employee doesn't have to work there. This is an employee economy. This is a worker economy. If you don't want to work where you're working right now, you can get a good job elsewhere. I keep waiting for Philip and Charlie to leave me any day to say they've gotten a better job, but they can't because I'm the greatest boss there is. But they could if they wanted one. It's a worker economy right now. You need a new job, you can go get a new job. If an employer wants you to wear a mask, you have to wear the mask. And if you don't want to wear the mask, there are plenty of opportunities out there right now for new jobs at places where you don't have to wear a mask. If you, as an employee, feel safer wearing a mask, wear the mask. I don't care. It's your choice. If you feel safe walking down the road by yourself with no one around wearing a mask, wear the mask. Maybe you're a little odd, but wear the mask. But I think it's time for employers to get their employees out of masks. And I think it's time for the government to take the side of the employees and say they don't have to wear the mask. We are creating 
a society of further class divisions. In the hospitality industry, we're making the waiters who touch your food with their hands wear masks when they approach you. So it's okay if they touch your food. My gosh, don't breathe on the food, though. Don't breathe on the food. Now, listen, I I, I get it if, if you don't like germs like me, but it's really stupid at this point. You were perfectly fine during flu season for people not to have the mask. You're vaccinated now. If you get COVID, you're likely to get nothing but a mild flu or something even less than that. The, the symptoms of a common cold, you've taken every step possible. Let the workers get out of their masks now. You are forcing people into a class-based society of divisions where the servers have to remain largely anonymous to the hoi polloi who get to come in and, and, and sit down at the fancy, prestigious, fancy, stuck-up restaurants and eat their crap food. Get rid of the masks. If your employee wants to wear a mask, let them wear the mask. I don't care. It's their choice. But you shouldn't be making your employees wear masks at this point. The CDC, everybody says, nope, uh, we, you don't need them. I just truly, genuinely think that we are setting ourselves up for a society where, for example, in Hollywood, you go to the Ivy, the fancy restaurant everybody in Hollywood eats at. All the employees got to wear their masks and nobody else has to. The data on masking has always shown that someone who has COVID who doesn't wear a mask is likely to transmit COVID to the non-infected person wearing the mask. Don't wear the mask. We've put our kids behind. The data never suggested kids needed to be in masks. Where our kids are behind. And now you're forcing these workers to do it in the hospitality industry to make you feel good about yourself. I put this on Twitter yesterday that a woman said it's selfish of me to think these people don't need to wear masks. It's selfish of me to think other people should no longer have to wear masks. Said her son has an autoimmune disorder. He couldn't get the vaccine. That's sad. I'm sorry for her son. He wants to go eat at restaurants too. Do you know when I go to a restaurant sometimes, if I'm with friends who have allergies, I, I let the restaurant know. I'm like, listen, my friend has this allergy. It's a very bad allergy. Uh, can you just make sure that that we're okay? You can do that too. You go in and say, listen, I, my, my son has an autoimmune disorder. He couldn't get the vaccine. We're very worried about his health. Do you mind if the people who come to our, our table wear masks? And they'll probably accommodate you. And I think they probably should. Uh, people should have the right to be able to get out of their house. And COVID has changed things. But this idea that all of America must continue to wear masks because this woman's son and people like her son who can't get the vaccine, that we should all bend over to accommodate the small portion of them. Why? There are community interests that are good for the whole community. And all of us sometimes have to give up a little bit for the whole community. It's like the four-way stop. Everybody's got to stop. Otherwise, we're all going to crash into each other. But we don't and have never in this country taken standards of community interest and narrowed them to the smallest pool of people that the, the overwhelming majority, the 95% of us, have to disrupt ourselves with the 5%. What it's supposed to be is that the 5% understand they've got to figure out a way to navigate the society of the 95%. But no, not anymore. From transgenderism to COVID to the like, all of society... The overwhelming majority, and we're not talking the 50%, the 60%, the 70%, or the 80%. We're talking the 90 to 99% of society 
have to cater to the 1% to the 5% to the, to the 0.1%. Society is not designed to be stable like that. It builds and fosters resentments. And one of the resentments that's growing is this economy where we're forcing people in the hospitality industry to wear masks so the rest of us can have our good time and not have to pay attention to who those people are. It's remarkable to me that the rich white liberals in this country who see racism everywhere are perfectly fine making those non-white employees wear masks so the white rich kids can have a good time. We need to change that. Now, you need to change your cell phone provider and go do business with a company that's not woke. Patriot Mobile is that company. They actually are conservative. Now, listen, there are other companies out there, and I want to be real clear here because we've gotten some phone calls about this. There are other companies out there that claim to do what Patriot Mobile does. And if you look into those companies, what you find is that, well, they've got like five or six different cell phone brands and, and varieties, and, and they're pitching one to conservatives. They're pitching one to the Obama phone people. Patriot Mobile is just a conservative cell phone carrier. That's it. That's what they do. Patriot Mobile is a conservative cell phone carrier that donates a portion of its profits to the conservative cause. In fact, the more people that go to uh, Patriot Mobile, the more they have profits to give to the conservative movement. And you don't have to worry about the quality of service. They're at MVNO, so they use the same cell phone uh, towers that all the other companies use. So you get the same quality of service. And they have 100% U.S.-based customer service. So when you call them, you're talking to someone in the United States of America. What you do is you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you can call them, they're 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT, tell them Eric sent you, you get free activation. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be a part of this program, but you gotta wait, because I don't have enough time to take a phone call right now, but I will get to your phone calls here in a moment, uh, did you know your toilet paper roll is shrinking? In fact, that's probably what we're going to see in response to inflation. This is from CNN Business. Slimmed down toilet paper, fewer cookies in a bag, less conditioner and shampoo and squeeze tubes. The changes are subtle and might even invade, evade less discerning shoppers. But retail industry experts say we can see more consumer products start shrinking in size or quantity because of rising costs. Shrinkflation, they call it. Procter & Gamble Charmin Ultrasoft Toilet Paper 18-count Megapack now contains 244 two-ply sheets, down from 264 double-ply sheets uh, per roll. And super mega rolls of the brand now display 366 sheets versus 396 sheets per roll. Let me tell you, it's very difficult, even for a professional radio show host, to say sheets when you're talking toilet paper rolls. <laughs> oh, but that's not all. Uh, some producers of potato chips are going to produce less potato chips in the package. Uh, Keebler Cookies Chips Deluxe with M&Ms are now 9.75 ounces per package from 11.3 ounces per package. Gatorade bottles uh, now have 28 fluid ounces, down from 32 fluid ounces in their larger bottles. It's all part of it. And then Pantene conditioner 
is now slimmed down um, by two ounces of its conditioner bottles, of its large conditioner. This is happening all over the place as they do this. I've noticed that um, Smithfield Bacon now has a bigger pack of bacon from a full pound to like a pound and a half. And I wondered what was up with that because we hadn't had those at the grocery store now. But now they're advertising uh, real pounds for the one. And I'm wondering if they're going to like slowly scale that other one back a little bit after they get people into the habit of buying it. I don't know. Now, I just thought it was weird size to come out with for, for bacon. Although you should see the amount of bacon we eat in our household each week. My son every day eats five pieces of bacon for lunch. And another three when he gets home from the school for a snack. I mean, the kid is basically eating like five pigs a week. It's it's insane. But he won't eat my ribs for some reason. When we come back, we got to move on to other stuff. I'll take more of your calls as well. 877-973-7425. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. you got the economy. you got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building, you want to build a building, reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.